Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with News and Views from the Nefarium live on Thursday, May 20th, 2021. I've got a double header for you today. One of them because I just want to rant. Uh, but before we get to the double header, let me get my COVID uh, relief stick lit and talk about tomorrow's vid chat. This week, the weather, or rather I should say the weather reports have just played absolute havoc with my schedule. Now, I am not canceling the vid chat tomorrow. However, they are predicting rain and storms again tomorrow. The problem is they've been predicting this all week, and the rain finally materialized today, and it's hardly storming. <laughs> so um, if it's necessary for me to cancel, watch the forum on my website, and I'll usually post something on my Facebook page and um, also on the website itself. But I am not planning a cancellation. So what that means is if you plan to have your questions and comments uh, read and responded to tomorrow, get them submitted to me before I go to bed tonight, whenever that may be. <laughs> I, I, never, I never know when I hit the sack. Uh, so make sure you get them posted. Please remember to put vid chat questions and comments in capitals in the subject header so that I can see it, uh, easily when I go through all the emails. Um, so get that posted. Uh, I've already had a couple questions submitted, so it looks like it's going to be an interesting vid chat. All right. Trust the science. I mean, we've been hearing this mantra for the last year, and quite frankly, I trust corporate science about as much as I trust GMO corporate science, okay? But I've got to talk about this article. Uh, it was brought to my attention by one of my website readers by the name of SD. I'll just give the initials. And it concerns Professor Luc Montagnier. All right. Now, if you don't know who Professor Luc Montagnier is, he's the 2008 recipient of the Nobel Prize in medicine for his part in having isolated the HIV, the human immunodeficiency virus. Okay. Now, I don't even want to get into all the controversy over that. I'm just telling you who he is and what his claim to fame is. All right. So he's not a fly by night. But this article is very interesting because it's titled Bombshell Nobel Prize Winner Reveals COVID Vaccine is Creating the Variants. And you've heard all the stories now about, oh, there's much stronger variants. We're going to have to update the vaccine, you know. <laughs> All this stuff. So here we go. Quote, Professor Luc Montagnier said that epidemiologists know but are silent about the phenomenon known as antibody-dependent enhancement, or ADE. While it is understood that viruses mutate, causing variants, the French virologist and Nobel Prize winner Luc Montagnier contends that it is, quote, the vaccination that's creating the variants, unquote. The 2008 Nobel laureate made the explosive comments as part of a larger interview 
with Pierre Barnarius uh, of Hold Up Media earlier this month. The clip was exclusively translated for the Rare Foundation USA, and I'll post this article. You can read the transcription yourself. And it's quite damning for the agenda-driven left-wing establishment. I'm skipping a little bit here. Professor Montagnier referred to the vaccine program for the coronavirus as, quote, an unacceptable mistake, unquote. Mass vaccinations are, quote, a scientific error as well as a medical error, he said. It is an unacceptable mistake. The history books will show that because it is the vaccination that is creating the variants, unquote. Professor Luc Montagnier continued. The prominent virologist explained that there are antibodies created by the vaccine forcing to the virus to find another solution or die. This is where the variants are created. It is the variants that are a production and result from the vaccination. Professor Montagnier said that epidemiologists know but are silent about the phenomenon known as antibody-dependent enhancement. In the articles that mention ADE, the concerns expressed by uh, Professor Montagnier are dismissed. Follow the science. Sounds more like follow the dogma. Scientists say the ADE is pretty much a non-issue with COVID-19 vaccines, an article at MedPage Today reported in March. Professor Montagnier explained that the trend is happening in each country where the curve of vaccination is followed by the curve of deaths. Now, um, let me go further and read you something from Wikipedia because Professor Montagnier has made another claim about the planned scandemic. And I'm quoting directly from the Wikipedia article about him. Quote, Montagnier argued that the coronavirus disease 2019 was man-made in a laboratory and that it might have been the result of an attempt to create a vaccine for HIV AIDS. His allegation came after the United States had launched a probe into whether the virus came from a laboratory. According to Montagnier, the presence of elements, and I'm quoting him, of, of elements of HIV and germ of malaria in the genome of coronavirus is highly suspect. Did you hear that? Malaria is highly suspect, and the characteristics of the virus, maybe that has something, gee, malaria, maybe that has something to do with that hydroxychloroquine, which is a malarial drug, having had some success in curing people of COVID. I don't know, just guessing. <laughs> Anyway, continuing, uh, malaria in the genome of the coronavirus is highly suspect, and the characteristics of the virus could not have arisen naturally, unquote. However, this was described as, quote, a conspiracy vision that does not relate to the real science, unquote, by Jean-Francois de Fressy, an immunologist and head of the scientific council that advises the French government on the COVID-19 pandemic. So, yes, <clears throat> Trust the science. Well, you know, folks, we've been hearing this from big propotainment media, which never allows any contrary opinion from other scientists on their networks, or very seldom does. So, you know, go back to those, those pharma commercials of, of maybe three to five years ago, where they come out with some new pill to treat, you know, whatever, uh, itchy skin, 
erectile dysfunction, you know, over lactation, whatever, all this nonsense. Just take a pill. And then at the end of the commercial, you get, well, this pill may cause heart failure, stroke, liver cancer, sudden blindness, paralysis, or terminal flatten, flatulence. Consult your doctor <laughs> before you take this drug to determine if it's for you, <laughs> you know. Give me a break, folks. Is it any wonder there is uh, so much confusion and, you know, this trust the science mantra, uh, you know, just like just like it did with Monster Santo and their assurances that their GMOs were entirely safe, it came back to bite them, and now they're in multi-million dollar lawsuits and settlements. Well, guess what? Sooner or later, this is going to come back. And not necessarily bite big pharma because, of course, they've been given immunity from any liability for their experimental vaccines that have been rushed into production. Thank you, Donald Trump. <sighs> you know, it, it just boggles my mind. But I have a sneaking suspicion that the media could be liable for a lot of stuff for having gone along with the narrative and not having done due diligence to present the other side of the scientific story like Professor Montagnier. <laughs> anyway, there we go, folks. That's, that's my rant. Uh, you know, my one rant, I saw this article and uh, had to share that with you. All right, now. Uh, Changing the subject, grinding the gears, and changing the transmission. I want to talk about. I want to talk about counterfeiting. I did a blog, I think last week, last Friday, it may be. I don't remember, but the the blog title you can go read it on on the website is called "Who's Minding the Mint?" Okay, and. This is a very interesting story because you recall a, about two or three years ago, uh, the Border and Customs Agency in the United States seized a shipment of about $900,000 of counterfeit money that had been shipped from China. And the counterfeit money was in the form of $1 bills, not $100 bills, $1 bills. All right? And... Um, I thought, gee, that's peculiar. Why, why would you counterfeit such small denominations and in such large amounts? And one of the possibilities I entertained was that you would circulate such bills if they were contaminated with a toxin or something like that. Biowarfare would be one way to... Uh, to introduce something into a population by way of money. But there's something else going on here. I have a story that was sent in by EG. Thank you. Uh, this is from, uh, reported by Zero Hedge. The actual author is Frank Fang, F-A-N-G. And the title of the article is Border Officials Seize $685,000 in Counterfeit Currency from China. Now, please note, China is the source or, or place of origin of these counterfeit bills. 
Neither the article nor I am saying that the Chinese government is directly involved. Now, this is China, after all, and the CCP is not to be trusted as far as you can throw it. But this one's weird, because by my estimation, if you were involved in a counterfeiting operation as a nation-state, you're going to go whole hog. And the reason I, I argue that case is that in Covert Wars and Breakaway Civilizations and uh, the follow-up book, I talk a little bit about a wartime Nazi project called Operation Bernhardt. Bernhardt was an operation that was launched by the SS at the beginning of World War II under the auspices of Reinhard Heydrich, no less. And in the memo that Heydrich composed his proposal for this operation to present to Hitler, Heydrich said, we have the capability of counterfeiting money, English pound sterling notes, on an industrial scale. In other words, this is not some local counterfeit your money in the garage, put it through the washing machine to age it a little bit, and release a few hundred thousand Reichsmarks or pounds sterling into circulation. This was an enormous operation. And the quality control on the counterfeit bills that they were producing was such that they took the bills to a Swiss bank, which would know how to determine between counterfeit and real English pound sterling notes to see if they'd pass muster, and they did. So this was an enormous operation. By the end of World War II, depending on the sources you consult, the Nazis had counterfeited anywhere between 150 and 300 million pounds of counterfeit notes. And the notes were in such widespread circulation and were of such high quality that the Bank of England had to recall that issue of pound sterling and come up with a completely redesigned currency to take these notes out of circulation. In other words, what, what I'm telling you is they were good enough that the, the Bank of England had to honor them, okay? So I'm thinking that if China itself, as a government, were involved in this operation, it would be large scale, all right? Now, here we go with the article. And then I want to say a few things at the end of it. Customs and Border Protection in Chicago recently stopped several shipments containing counterfeit currencies totaling $685,000 from China, the agency announced on Tuesday. The shipments arrived at Chicago's International Mail Facility between May 15th and May 17th, destined for cities in several states, including Illinois, Indiana, New York, and Kentucky. The fake currencies came in the form of $5, $10, $20, $50, $50 and $100 bills. Now, again, I'm thinking, why would you, would you counterfeit such a small amount and then disperse it? Well, this is where the possible 
government involvement comes in. If you are trying to introduce a bioweapon or a pathogen into a population, the easiest way to do it would be through currency because currencies passed so quickly. All right. One shipment was destined for the Bronx containing 976 $100 bills. In other words, $97,600 worth of counterfeit $100 bills. Another shipment was headed to Louisville, Kentucky, containing 101 $20 bills and 103 $50 bills. All of these shipments were manifested as prop money. So in other words, on the manifest, it reads prop money. In other words, money that's, that is for use in as a prop in film or television production or what have you, okay? So in other words, it's they're really saying, this is fake money, come and get it, <laughs> okay? That's, that's quite an interesting little detail, but the article goes on to mention the following. The fake money seized by the Customs and Border Protection officers in Chicago was hardly an isolated incident. On April 23rd, Customs and Border Protection officials in the city announced a recent seizure of 281 shipments containing counterfeit bills and coins at Chicago's IMF. 95% of these shipments originated from China. Now I'm beginning to entertain a possible government role here. In total, the 281 shipments consisted of 39 fake 50-cent coins, 6,345 fake $1 coins, 283 fake $2.5 coins, and 1,589 fake $100 bills. Counter, listen to this one, folks. And here I think we're getting to yet another indicator of what I've been calling hidden system of finance and part of its global extent. In other words, what I'm now telling you is this dispersed counterfeiting operation is part of yet another kind of network. Counterfeiting is such a lucrative business, which is often used to finance illegal activities, such as trafficking in human beings, drugs, and even terrorism, stated Mike Pfeiffer, assistant area port director of Chicago, in a statement following the seizure of the fake bills and coins. Latch on to that. Human trafficking, drugs, and so on. In May 2020, Customs and Protection and Border Officials at the Express Consignment Operations Hub in Cincinnati announced the seizure of a shipment containing 2,523 fake $100 bills. The shipment originated from Shenzhen, a city in southern China, and was headed to Guthrie, Oklahoma, which is uh, outside of Oklahoma City. Now, what we're looking at, apparently, is a widely dispersed counterfeiting operation. In other words, we've got one locale in China producing this and shipping there, and another locale in China producing that and shipping there. 
So they're shipping all this counterfeit money, and clearly it's some sort of network. For what purpose, I don't know. But if you go back to Friday's uh, blog, Who's Minding the Mint?, I referred to this book it's called Super Notes. It's a novel, a thriller, it says. But you'll notice the author's names down here, Luigi Carletti and, quote, Agent Casper. This is one of those books that claims to be based on a true story that Agent Casper is telling Luigi Carletti. This book first appeared in Italy. And I cited this book in... Um, my blog on Sunday. And here's what the crux of the thesis of the book is. It concerns the currency engraving plates for American currency. And listen to this, quote, this is from page 233. Quote, the only possibility leaves him breathless. The U.S. Bureau of Engraving and Printing does not have two money printing facilities but three. And the third one is located in North Korea. Who could set up an American mint in another country? People accustomed to moving men and things about casually. People not obliged to give explanations. People in American intelligence. And then on page 254... You know nothing about politics, obviously. International politics has many faces. The North Korean dictator threatens the United States and its allies with nuclear innuendo. He causes a big ruckus. The whole world talks about it. And in the meantime, he's raking in a healthy percentage of the supernotes production. For their part, the CIA, NSA, and other American agencies get to finance their own activities with funds the federal budget could never guarantee. So in other words, what they're saying is, is there is a, again, an Operation Bernard going on using actual American engraving plates to produce or mint money out of the country, and this is a funding mechanism for covert operations. So I have to wonder now if indeed that this counterfeiting operation has spread out of their own control and is now such a part of what I've been calling the hidden system of finance that they've lost, that the American intelligence agencies have lost control of it. Because after all, if you can smuggle, as that book alleges, engraving plates to North Korea, you can pretty much guarantee that other people have their own versions of it. So um, this is um, <laughs> this is a big story. I I think now I suspect I suspected at the time a few years ago that uh, when that original Chinese counterfeiting article about the one dollar bills hit the news, that we might be looking at some sort of mechanism for fast dissemination of bio warfare pathogens but you can accomplish a lot of other objectives. And please note what I'm about to say here, folks, at the same time. So we're looking, as Catherine Austin Fitz calls it, we're looking at stacked functions. 
So this is a story to watch, uh, dig around and scratch around in. Um, the interesting thing here is they're also counterfeiting coins. And that's where the rubber meets the road, because I now suspect that this counterfeiting coining operation, which is a very different matter from counterfeiting paper currency, or for that matter, securities, that that whole operation might possibly be tied into why some American states are passing these legal tender currency laws where the state is recognizing actual bullion coins as legal currency and legal tender for transactions. Uh, because that, that places the counterfeiter in a bit of a bind. Because, of course, current American coins are really not coins at all. They're just slugs with you know a stamp on them. Bullion coins are something different, and this could be a very interesting development to watch to see if this counterfeiting operation continues and does so in such a way that we see bullion coins more in circulation and the usual stuff that accompanies those types of operations when bullion is in circulation, coin clipping, and so on and so forth. So this is going to be kind of fun to watch here, folks. Anyway, yeah, Mad Max territory. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyway, folks, that's my that's my news and views for the day. Uh, remember, we do have the vid chat tomorrow. Get your questions, comments in before I go to bed. And, folks, I don't know when that is. It could be anywhere from 10 tonight to 3 in the morning tomorrow morning. But, anyway, um, that'll be at 2 o'clock U.S. Central Time tomorrow. I'll be in there early as usual for the pre-chat. Please watch the website in case the weather does look like it will uh, get dicey tomorrow. But at this stage, I'm going ahead with it. And if it gets dicey, I'll just let everybody know tomorrow. But I'm planning to have the vid chat. Anyway, that's it. We'll see you on the flip side, folks. Bye-bye and God bless.